it's part of our training program and it's really not anything revolutionary. We get our salespeople and it applies six unknowns in other places or eight or nine, but definitely in a men's business, it's seven unknowns. The things that you have to figure out and understand that a customer is looking for to make the sale. And the key part is that is Kenny Rubenstein. He is the third generation owner of Rubenstein's in New Orleans, one of the iconic men's clothing stores in the United States, celebrating, get this, a hundred years of history this coming April. Now, what he's talking about is how they survived all these years. Those seven unknowns or the keys to their success. He's going to share those with you. He's also going to announce their brand new hotel called the Rubenstein's Hotel. And that's going to be above their storefront on Canal Street, right in the heart of the city of New Orleans, next to the French Quarter. He's also going to share two more things with you that are critical to your business and any other business. Now, you're listening to the CloseTheDeal.com podcast. I'm your host, Yoel Smith, and we're talking with entrepreneurs and franchises who share their journeys of success, overcoming challenges, all to guide you. Now know this, sales and marketing are perishable skills, and that's why you're here, because you cannot run a business without those skills today, especially today. And if you've ever thought about having your own business and you want a playbook, this episode is being brought to you by YourFirstFranchise.com, YourFirstFranchise.com. Now, let's begin the show. Kenny, I want to welcome you to the CloseTheDeal.com podcast. Uh, You're based in New Orleans, a pleasure to be speaking with you because it's such, you're from such an iconic brand in New Orleans, but we'll let people figure that out in just a second. What is your favorite restaurant, I'm curious, in this city to do business? Oh, that's an easy way. That's a, a Chafalaya uptown. Uh-huh. It's yeah. a place I know that I can, I'm confident the food will be great, the service will be impeccable, and everybody will have a good time and be easy and open to my suggestions and, and decisions. What's your What's your favorite? Obviously, you got some favorite dishes there. What's your favorite dish? Is, I got is a that, lot. Is there one? <laughs> yeah, I always like to try some specials because Chris, the chef, is he's a genius and he comes up with great mm-hmm. stuff. But memorable, he did a pork chop that was divine, and he, they still serve it on the menu uh, most nights. He cooks it perfect. There you go. All right, and this is going to be an interesting question, given your family legacy in the business. Who? <laughs> Or what are you grateful for that helped you get you where you are today? Oh, it's a, that's an easy one. First yeah. off, starting 100 years ago with uh, my great uncle, Morris, he decided to get mm-hmm. married. So he opened mm-hmm. up a business and uh, so he'd have something to, to, with his family. And then my grandfather joined him and the other great uncle. And one was a great merchant. One was great with money. And another mm-hmm. one was great with people. And so they worked as a great team to build this. And then eventually my father and uncle joined. And again, had a great merchant, great money man, and worked as a great team to to build this up to what we have today so that Alice and I have a great foundation to to grow. To, absolutely. A hundred year legacy in 2024, correct? Yep. Is that it? Yeah. And and April 12th. April 12th, 2024 for Rubensteins. What, and that is truly for folks listening in from outside of New Orleans. This is one of the iconic brands in the city of New Orleans. A leg, a long time legacy. And you're going to learn a little bit more about this business in a second. The question I have for you, and this is going to be an interesting question. Usually I ask, what is the problem you solve in the marketplace? An entrepreneur solved, but you all have been around for a hundred years solving problems. 
Lots of is it a problem that you saw in the marketplace or was it an opportunity that you all said, okay, we need to capture that? Historically, there's been lots of, as you mentioned, challenges and things to overcome. Just to start with uh, the fact that we had world wars, we couldn't get mer- merchandise from men. We, we opened up women's. We, we did, we, at one point, we bought way too many ties of the same exact thing, polka dots. We had a Prince of Wales, uh, a special. He was coming into town. Using things like that to just step to the next thing, to look at the next generation. Even my father and uncle opened up All-American Jeans. When jeans were a big thing, there's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Separate it, build that business. Eventually, it came back mm-hmm. into Rubenstein's, and we have great jeans. All-American Sportsman Shop, when khaki pants were big. And so we have that history of seeing something and taking that next step and starting it somewhere to help build mm-hmm. the business. So recently, we had we have six buildings. 44,000 square feet. We used about 12,000 square feet of it. The rest was storage. And mm-hmm. we see the city. It lacks for hotel rooms. We get visitors in all the time. So we realized we have this space and it's, it, it, we need to make it active. And it would be help both the city as well as ourselves to build a hotel there. Before we go to get to the hotel piece, because that's really interesting. Tell people a little bit of the history of the rich history of Rubenstein's, the clothing business. It's just, you know, a 30,000 foot view of it. So people right. understand the context of all this because it's a natural progression to use this space yeah. for what I think you all see. Yeah, we uh, it started, yeah, 19, April 12, 1924. As I said, Malcolm Morris opened uh, a clothing store to, so he could have a, a business and an mm-hmm. income to support his new family. And we went through lots of different things. As we grew, we didn't know the buildings. He saw the, he foresee buying each of these buildings mm-hmm. and bought the six buildings together. My father and uncle came into the business. We saw challenges as you came to, as I mentioned, the wars, there was depressions, there was floods. Katrina is an excellent example. Katrina mm-hmm. came, we gathered together. We said, this is something that's important. We got to reopen 51 days later after Katrina. We were the first store on Canal Street to open. And we felt that was important for the city to get people back in. And then during recessions, we look at things. We have to get the economy started. We have to get people in buying. We looked at adding new things, the best Five ninety-five suits you could buy to introduce that to get some younger people in who need to start suits, mm-hmm. starting their clothing wardrobe. Back when my uncle was uh, buying, he decided to bring Italian goods into the country. Mm-hmm. Look, at, we were the first one to carry a, a many a Gilles Dozenia in the in the states in the entire country, and uh, he mm-hmm. saw this brand something that they're doing special. We need to add it here, so it's something that sets you apart, gives you a little bit of that um, market uh, uniqueness. So you all. And this is what you all are known for. I mean, obviously, you've made, you've evidently flowed with the market, seeing trends coming your way. But you also have had such a high level of service as yeah. well. Yeah. It's just, that's helped sustain you all doing this. Yeah. Well, yeah. Part of it is the idea. This wasn't, uh, someone once told me, uh, we sell laundry. <laughs> Fancy laundry. <laughs> exactly. Fancy laundry. But it's, you got to look at that. And why is the customer to come here? And it's, it's basically partly the family business. People come here. It's can be trite sometimes. You hear it a lot, but they're like family when they come here. We want them coming into our home when we feel comfortable. We have a drink, mm-hmm. sit down, we talk, mm-hmm. we chat. We have customers who come by here sometimes not to shop, just to talk. And it's that atmosphere. We want the experience of coming in. Men particularly, they hate shopping. That's what I hear the mm-hmm. most. Oh, I can't stand shopping. I hate going. We don't want that attitude. We want it to feel like you're just going to come in here and you got a little problem and we'll take care of it. We solve it. Now you're confident mm-hmm. and you're dressed well and mm-hmm. go out there. But we're friends. Our salespeople go to some of their clients' kids' birthday parties. They go mm-hmm. to events. They get promoted. They have a, they take them out for drinks, things like that to be 
They're friends. That, that's mm-hmm. the key. These are our friends, not just our clients. And you think about how many clothing businesses have come and gone in the city, but it's the hospitality. That's that's what you're touching. And that's a great bridge for the business yeah. that you're about ready to go in. Talk about the what you're all working on now. Yeah. Well, that's uh-huh. a, a good point. This weekend, actually, I was at a, a meeting of stores and we talked about hospitality and really mm-hmm. that we are in the hospitality business. It's just different mm-hmm. perspectives. To expand to that with all this empty space we had in our buildings and the need for brooms in this this city, with all our visitors growing and growing each day, we decided to go into the hotel business and open mm-hmm. up a great little 40-room boutique hotel uh, mm-hmm. above our store. Nothing like having the customers come to you right there uh, mm-hmm. and staying right above you. So wow. uh, it just it was an opportunity that was, uh, that was almost a no-brainer. That lends itself to a lot of cross promotions too. Just building it, that also builds on some long-standing relationships because you're not just serving customers in New Orleans. You all have customers across the, I imagine across the entire United States, I was, uh, overseas probably. I imagine. Yeah, we always get asked how many our local customers or, or how many of our clients. And it's hard to judge for visitors because we certainly have plenty of visitors. We're on Canal Street in St. Charles, the epicenter mm-hmm. of everything that happened, and. So we got lots of people coming in from out of town, but we have customers who fly in sometimes for events. They come every year from Mardi Gras, Jazz Fest, what have you, and mm-hmm. they come shopping. Mm-hmm. We also have clients who, I have a client just the other day, flew from Houston to get some custom shirts and he was flying back. That wow. was literally came in just to shop with us. We also have customers who we send clothes to. We know their fits and everything who don't live here, haven't stepped foot in the store in 10 mm-hmm. years. We sell them plenty of clothes. What, influ- what influences would you say or carrying over from one hospitality business, because it's why you sustained, it's why you've been here for so many years. What carried over toward the concept or the design or the or this level of service that you want to provide the hotel? Part of it, the concept was even in a sense, calling clients, we have a lot of out-of-town clients, and being able to mm-hmm. say, hey, why don't you come in? We got a room for you. You come stay, right. you're right here, make it easy. It all falls under that feeling like part of the family, our friends. It's the kind, mm-hmm. We do what we would do if we were talking to our friends, people we right. grew up with since childhood. They ask you for something, you do it. You make sure it happens. Sure. You solve those problems. Nothing can make it easier than having the ability to get here and have a room to stay in. So you got 40 rooms. Is there a restaurant or is it just the boutique? Are you all just focused on yeah. that? For, for people listening to the show, if you're not from New Orleans, you're right. You're steps from the French Quarter on the other side of the, on the other side of the street. You've got restaurants wrapped around you. Are you yeah. all having a restaurant? Plenty of restaurants, plenty of places to eat. It'll be it won't be full service. It'll be a hotel with it won't have meeting rooms, you know, hotel okay. rooms, but we do have in the lobby the uh, Madison Shop Bar, which okay. is a nod to what we used to have the Madison Shop, which was basically generational change. Kids didn't want to shop in their dad's store. We had a separate entrance and that was the Madison shop, and the kids could go in there to go shopping and not shop in their father's store. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so we have a bar down there for the Madison shop bar, which is great. It's a great spot, great location, easy place to stop in, have a drink, move on. Okay. And did you grow up working in the store? And if so what age did you start work helping out? Oh, earliest I remember is about eight years old. I would come in, help here, pretend to sell, talk to my dad, would say, go show him a tie, pull out a tie. But yeah, pretty much if I wasn't in school, before it wasn't school day, I was here. Holidays, come in, work. Yeah. Stockroom was most of the work. Moving stock, checking stuff in, ticketing stuff. Uh, but yeah, I grew up around it all my life and I loved it. I just love the interaction with people. 
and that kind of extends to the hotel. And the idea of always, I love the idea of meeting new people, seeing new people, having things change. Nothing is ever the same. No day goes by that is like another day around mm-hmm. here. Similar in the hotel business. I actually, in college, trained in the hotel business a little bit with hospitality. So I have some of that experience. And it's really, the only difference is the, their hours are even worse than retail. <laughs> so, so you decided to jump into the fire. So you go from college. When did you still work in business full time? Part of our mandate is we like the next generation to work elsewhere before they come back to work in the store. Good. Have achievement outside. So I worked, of course, in retail. Actually, I worked in outside sales for a chemical company first. And then then I worked for Neiman Marcus, Dillard's, and then Neiman Marcus, Mm -hmm. where I went to a training program. And then I came back here. Yeah. Pick up some new insights on the competition, too. That's the idea. And and, and the skills. And again, yeah. And for those who are from this area, for New Orleans, when I grew up, that was an issue. A lot of people didn't want to leave the city. They went to the schools nearby here. They didn't want to leave the state. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And those that left the state didn't return. To me, it's really important to go out there, learn something new, bring it back. Um, You never know what it is that you'll find. I agree. Now, to sustain a business like this, you all have the seven unknowns of sales training. Yeah. So I talk about that because that's interesting because that's part of the hospitality piece. When When I saw, I went over the list of things that you all do, but all those factors play an important piece to the success that you'll have that has sustained you for, for 100 years. It's part of our training program, and it's really not anything revolutionary. We get our salespeople, and it applies six unknowns in other places or eight or nine, but it, definitely in the men's business, it's seven unknowns. The things that you have to figure out and understand that a customer's looking for to make the sale. And the key part is it's you, the salesperson. It's your plan, not something the customer. You're trying to figure out the customer's needs, by using the seven unknowns, their type, size, price, color, model, fabric, fit. You get those things down and you've got a sale. So you're asking questions. You get yeah. another customer. That's why we call it the unknowns because it's those yeah. seven things you don't know. When you mm-hmm. find them out, you got it done. Okay. Now, have you figured out what those are for the hotel guests yet? <laughs> Not quite. Been discussing that actually, uh, trying to figure out what it would t- it falls along similar things. Uh, a lot of it, though, in hotel, the customer's online looking at it. You're not selling them that room. It's uh, once they're mm-hmm. there, making sure they have the, the needs that they want. It's meeting needs, satisfying that yep. customer. Yes. Now, being in the clothing business, I got to ask you, what are the top tips that you have for anybody or for business fashion today? And, and what's the latest trend or is there a trend that you see or is there something that you all just see that always is always good? Always good. Yeah, well, first thing would be come see us. <laughs> Use the rally parking and our stylists who, who can tell you or help you out, help you figure sure. out what it is you want. But yeah, as a basic, you should always have a suit in your closet, whether it's a beautiful custom suit made to fit mm-hmm. you perfectly mm-hmm. or a starter suit. That's important. There's nothing better than putting a suit. You don't have to worry about coordinating, getting dressed up. You feel confident. You, you've had a success already in the day because you look good. And you create a great first impression. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, judge. The reality is the human brain judges you by sight initially. Now, many people have come up with ways of overcoming that. But mm-hmm. you, you need to look good when someone sees mm-hmm. you. Or look appropriate, I should say. Mm-hmm. And 
by looking appropriate, you're confident in what you're going to do. And that's the key. Okay. Now, I, I keep ping-ponging back and forth between the hotel and this. And then, of course, you've got your favorite restaurant. All these things tie together with the hospitality piece. What is the vision that you have uh, for the hotel? And then what is the vision you have for the clothing? Yeah. The vision, that's, that's uh, of course, a great question. Uh, the vision for the hotel, it's a partnership. And so we have our goal, obviously, is to build a brand there, mm-hmm. the Rubenstein brand as a hotel, showing that experience and even building your confidence of having the right place to stay, all that good stuff. Hotel, like that's going to last another 50 years at least. So when we celebrate our 150th year, we can have a nice celebration for that. But the store, it's all about, look, our main thing you could say throughout our store, I talk about experience and I talk about building confidence and all that, but it's about change and embracing change. You have to see it. You have to know it's coming and you have to be willing to take the risk to step forward through that change. And, And we have the challenges of technology and AI. We're always adopting new technology around here, but your AI, what's going to happen there? How's that going to change purchasing patterns and the way customers need clothes or use clothes? You've got growth in this business. Just where is it? Is there new areas? Keeping ahead of that, I see other possible regional locations. There's just, mm-hmm. there's opportunity to meet these people's needs in other places. Those are all things that are out there. You know, the whole thing with AI, there's a lot of people who are fearful of it. I see it. Lots of potential. Of course, I could see some crazy stuff happen with it. But I also see AI really playing into the hands of the hospitality industry. Because when people don't know what to believe is written, or at some point you're going to see videos that are just, you think it's real. Joe Rogan had a podcast that he thought was himself, but it wasn't him. When people, if it gets to that degree... And people don't know what to believe. Right. In-person events, speaking events, hands-on service, caring for somebody face-to-face, that human-to-human touch, which is what you all have been in your entire 100 years of service. Now, bringing it up to another layer of hospitality with the hotel, that, I think, is going to be key. Now, I also hear what you're saying regarding change. And in, in New Orleans, we know how to adapt to change because if you didn't, uh, we didn't survive after Katrina. That's right. And, uh, and you're all in the closing business. So you've seen the cycles go up and down. So you had that mindset to change right there. And then the vision going forward is creating that legacy, which is what you all are working on. Yes. So let me ask you, are you all using up all the space for the hotel or is it, is, will that take care of everything? Yeah, that's all the space that we have currently is occupied either by them or us. We're actually getting okay. adjusted to how to deal with no place to put stuff. No stuff. Uh, uh, you all have extra space. But there is room. I mean, that you talked about the tellers. I mean, there is room for building more floors on this building okay. and things like that. Okay. That is part of the vision for the hotel is successful hotel expand. I'd love to have a rooftop pool, a restaurant mm-hmm. up there, that kind of thing. But that would be way down the road. Okay. And opening for the hotel? When is that? I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that. Let's say at least by December. Okay. We'll go with that. We'll go with so that. Most people ask me, I say tomorrow. Okay. And then the next tomorrow. day, I say the same thing. All right. You, you got a deadline on your head. It's going to force right. you to get there. This is great. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to have to come by and visit the hotel. Please do. And again, it goes back to the legacy of your family 
running this business 100 years. Uh, that's, that speaks volumes. And the way you all came back after Katrina speaks volumes too, because whenever there's a challenge, y'all clearly ran to it. I saw it with the restaurateurs when I was with the seafood board work and, and our top restaurateurs are the ones that ran toward the challenge, put everything on the lawn to get their businesses reopened so they could serve the people. That's what everything we've talked about today is service. Well, I'd like to add your point about AI and about coming back and all that. We did. As a family, we pulled together. We came together to build this back up. But you know what? It wouldn't happen. One of the key things, and you reference it in AI, trust and integrity. It's our family's trust and integrity that the community supported us, whether it was the New Orleans community who said, I had people mm -hmm. calling from outside the city saying, I just want to buy something to help you out. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. To our vendors who we've had relationships for 20 to 50, 60 years, who were like, whatever, you need stuff for your employees, you need stuff for mm -hmm. policemen, sending us stuff. Don't pay us until you can, whatever That's it right. was. So it was because they knew us, they had our trust and we, were, we had our integrity and they knew we're going to help those people out. So we wouldn't have happened without that. And that's the same and thing if AI comes. People want to see that face-to-face, -face, be able to get in there. And I think AI is going to only make that much that part that much more important. Yeah. I really do. All right. Call to action. What's your call to action for folks listening? Actually, come see us. Look, we do style sessions. You can sign up online. No purchases mm -hmm. necessary. I always tell even my friends and people I've just met, there's no pressure. I want you to come see what we have to offer. If it's not for you, that's mm -hmm. no problem. You come in, free valley parking out front, you pull up, offer you a drink. You, we'll, we'll show you what we got. We'll hear you. We'll listen to you and find out what it is your your needs are. And if we can meet them, we'll, we'll take care of it for you. Website? What's website, website, yeah. RubensteinsNewOrleans.com mm -hmm. is our website. And, and on there, you can sign up for style sessions and see a lot of the vendors and things we have and read some more of our history. And hotel information, where were they? Is that live yet or is that going to go live? It's not yet. It's not quite live okay. yet. Okay. But yeah, the it, it, we call it the Rubenstein Hotel and you should be able to find it now. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Kenny, this has been a lot of fun. I can't wait to come visit when y'all make the grand opening. And I wish you continued success another 100 years. Get to the 50-year mark first with the hotel where I put a rooftop in the pool. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, have a nice swim party. So I'm looking forward to it. But I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on and, and talking about talking about our history. It's, it's fun. We, we love to do that. It's a legacy. There's no question. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And that is a wrap with Kenny Rubenstein. I want to encourage you, if you're thinking about coming to New Orleans, check out the Rubenstein's Hotel. Not only will you have an incredible experience there, you'll have an incredible shopping experience. And all the best of the best dining restaurants are within blocks of you. So you'll have one unbelievable trip to the city of New Orleans. Now, I want to thank you for being here. As usual, I'm very grateful as we keep growing this community. And you know the drill. Be intentional and make this a great day and make your next trip to New Orleans phenomenal. Stay at the Rubenstein's Hotel. <laughs>